Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we are glad about it. I pray that you have had a wonderful Christmas celebration with your family and your friends. And thank you for joining us right now in this virtual Lord's Day service. Listen, you know what we need you to do. Go ahead and share this with your neighbors and your friends. Let you let them know that you are watching K-Chapel Live right now and you want them to participate in this worship service with you. Go ahead, push that share button. It's easy to do. Be a good digital disciple and share this with your friends and family right now. We're going into the praise service with the praise team right now. Scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke, the second chapter, the 15th through the 19th verse. And it reads, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, 
they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they had heard, it wondered at things that which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. May we pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for keeping us, dear Lord. We thank you for bringing us through 2020, dear Father. We ask, O oh Lord, that you remember those who were bereaved. We ask you to remember those who are sick. O oh Lord, we thank you for all thy mercies and thy kindness. O oh Lord, as we go forth, strengthen us and help us, dear Lord, as we look at the new year, that we may serve thee better, that we may find ourselves in service of thee, O oh Lord. Be with us and keep us, dear Father, as you provide thy mercies unto us. Dear Lord, we thank you. Dear Father, we ask these blessings. We give these thanks, dear Lord, in thy most holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, listen, it's time now that we bless the Lord through our giving. You are always reminded there are any number of ways that you can participate in this tithe and offering period. You can text your tithe by giving to the number that's on your screen. You can also uh, use our K Chapel app. Always you can mail your gift or deliver it here right here at the office. Whatever you do, however you do it, we want you to do three things. Do so regularly, do so liberally and do so cheerfully. For the Lord still loves a cheerful giver. Oh 
thank you for these blessings that have been bestowed. We ask you to bless each giver, dear Lord. We ask you to be with them, touch them, and bless their families, bless their hearts. Dear Lord, we ask you to take these offerings, dear Lord, and bless others with them, O Lord, and may they be used in the service in thy work, dear Father. We ask these blessings, O Lord. We give these thanks, dear Father. In thy most holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Over the last few years, we have traditionally made the last Sunday of the year a Sunday when we bring both our 8 and 11 o'clock attendees together for one joint service to close out the year. Just one way that we have maintained fellowship within our growing congregation. It's during this joint service that we collectively pray, worship, and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. But we also use the last Sunday of the year as a time to pause and pay tribute to the memory of those individuals within our congregation who have passed from this life into eternity. of those among us who have lost loved ones in 2020. 
Please know that your church family is thinking of you, grieving with you, and continuing to keep you in our prayers. We take this moment to honor your loved one, to thank God for bringing them into our lives, and for the meaningful ministry that God gave to them and that they shared with us. of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord you are my strength you are our Redeemer bless O God now this time together in your word we pray O God that you give us insight and revelation pray O God that you open our eyes our hearts and our ears that we might understand more of who you are more of your will for our lives touch in accordance to your word in Jesus name we pray amen I want to invite your attention to Luke's gospel Luke chapter number two as we wrap up this series uh, a very merry Christmas Luke chapter two beginning with verses verse number 15 and concluding through verse number 19 uh, this also, uh, is the last sermon of 2020 and we wrap up this series and wrap up this year 
we certainly pray that God's blessings would be upon us as we hear and receive what thus saith the Lord. It reads as follows. It came to pass as the angels were going away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want to talk this morning from the subject, the pondered heart. The pondered heart living with unanswered questions. In this series, my brothers and sisters, we have tried to give voice to Mary and listen to both her external and internal conversations, conversations that helped her come to the place of being used by God to bring the Savior of the world into the world. We have heard Mary question Gabriel about her being favored. We've sat with her as she grapples with her own personal insecurities and comes to grips with the fact that her inadequacies are but opportunities to be used by God. This morning, we sit with Mary post-birth after she has carried Christ inside of her for nine months, after she has endured the shame of the townspeople who no doubt uh, look at her as a young girl who has gotten married because she's gotten pregnant. She, she has made this trip to Bethlehem now only uh, to have nowhere to stay upon their arrival. And now after giving herself to being used by God to bring the Savior into the world, the best that she can do is give birth somewhere in some cold, dark back room. Doesn't seem like the favored and blessed woman that Gabriel declared her to be, but I'm glad that Mary didn't suffer from our postmodern interpretation of in these terms, favored and blessed, because if she had, the reality of the context in which she gave birth to Jesus would have really messed her up. Because favor in the postmodern believer's mind has become associated with words like abundance and overflow and increase in prosperity. and prosperity. And we have been conditioned to believe that if we are favored, then our financial blessing is coming through. If we are favored, then that material blessing is about to manifest. If we are favored, then that door is going to open. That thing is going to happen because God favors us. Then all of the good things that we've been hoping for and believing him for 
should be happening. Why? Because I'm favored. But watch Mary's story because that was not her case. For the Bible declares that this highly favored woman who was blessed among all women wrapped her firstborn son in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Think about that for just a moment. Think about how messed up Mary might have been if she had thought about favor the way that we do today. If Mary's understanding of favor was the same as ours, there would have been a faith crisis. For here she was bringing Christ into the world. But instead of a birthing suite, she's in a back room instead of proper baby clothes. She is wrapping him in nine months worth of collected quilting pieces. Instead of a baby's cradle to lay the Christ child in, here she is placing him in an animal's feeding trough. And in our minds, favor doesn't look like that. But that's some postmodern pop theology that will get you into trouble and will cause you to have a faith crisis when your reality does not match your expectation. But thanks be to God that Mary had a good understanding that you could be poor and still be favored. You could live on meager means and still be favored. You can have to make do on leftovers and hand-me-downs and still be favored by God because God's favor is not about how much money you have, how big your house is, or what job title you hold, but being favored by God. God is the reality of God's grace meeting you in the place of your need and his strength equipping you to do what is not in your power to do. Hear me and hear me well. Favor is not about finances. Favor is about God's face smiling upon you so that you can make it another day. Favor is God's hand covering you from what could have been your end. Favor is God's spirit filling you to fortify your faith in troubling times. Favor is not about uh, parking space at a grounded grocery store, but favor is God giving you peace when your world is on fire. Favor is God anchoring you when the storms of life are raging. Favor is God using you when everybody else gave up on you. Favor is God forgiving you when nobody else would give you another chance. Favor is God's mercy resting on you and his goodness walking with you into places you could not have gone on your own. And what Mary understands was that even though she was poor, she was still favored. Even though circumstances surrounding the birth of Christ were not ideal, she was still favored. Even though she had to scrap and scrape, scrape everything and save every little bit they had, she was still favored. And you need to know, my brothers and sisters, that your finances do not indicate God's favor. The size of your house does not indicate the presence of God's hand. But God can favor you even in the midst of your struggle. Mary is in a struggle now that she has given birth to the Christ child. She now faces perhaps the greatest struggle of her life. When I'm convinced calls the greatest struggle for her was not the superficial things that get in our way. But the things that weighed on her mind and the things that she pondered in her heart were those things that she had no ability to control. 
what she pondered were the things that happened and would happen after Jesus had been born. I don't know if you've ever made a decision and said yes to something and then wondered about the decision that you made. I mean, you made it in faith. You believed it to be the right thing for your life. You believed it to be the will of God for your life. And, and you were okay, honestly, with making the decision that you made and walking in that decision. But as you went a little further and got a little deeper, you started to wonder, what have you gotten yourself into? Text says that Mary pondered these things. In other words, she had said yes to the Lord. Yes, Lord, use me if you want to. Yes, Lord, I, I, I'm your humble servant. Thank you for favoring me. Thank you for blessing me. I'll do what you want me to do. But after Jesus is born, the text says she had some things that she still pondered. She wondered about. She thought about. She went over it in her head and in her heart and in her mind again, exactly what she had said yes to. What had she agreed to? What had she signed up for? And that's one reason why you don't need to be in such a rush making decisions on impulse, because if you aren't careful, you will have gotten yourself into something that's hard to get out of. But thank goodness that for Mary, Mary's questions and Mary's pondering was not about remorse or regret over having made the wrong decision. Rather, her pondering, I believe, had to do more with the how rather than the if or the why. In other words, how now am I going to raise this child? Now that I have brought him into the world, now that, God, you have used me in the way that you have, there's still some lingering questions. This pondering of Mary begins shortly after giving birth because, first of all, of some unexpected and unannounced visitors. You, you know, sometimes you can have unexpected visitors, unannounced visitors who just show up. The text says that the shepherds who were abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, made their way to Mary and Joseph where they were. And they came because an angelic force met them in the darkness of the night to announce to them what had just happened in Bethlehem. And these working class night shift laborers made their way to the Messiah as his first visitors. Now, maybe, 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 maybe that was the first thing that Mary pondered. After she had gotten all right with God using her after she had talked herself through God, choosing her in spite of her social status and standing. Perhaps she anticipated that as the son of God, that more elite people would have been the first visitors. Perhaps she pondered in her heart what kind of king and what kind of savior would this be if shepherds, not soldiers, shepherds, not doctors, shepherds, not governors, shepherds were the first ones to find them. She pondered, what does this mean? That the son of God would attract first shepherds. 
But then later on, as the child grew, there were some other unexpected and unannounced guests who made their way from the east, kings from the Orient who found their way to this Christ child. And they brought with them gold, frankincense, and myrrh in order to worship him. Perhaps, 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 perhaps Mary pondered the meaning of this and these gifts. Perhaps she pondered the order of their arrival coming after the shepherds and what it meant that the mighty would come after the meek, that the high would come after the low that the last would be first and the first would be last. She pondered, what do these things mean? Perhaps, perhaps she pondered how dangerous it would be raising a male child of color in a world where the systems were designed to suppress him and oppress him, uh, since she and Joseph had to take that child and flee to Egypt after Herod had sent a decree to kill all of the male Jewish boys under the age of two. Perhaps she pondered in her heart, what have I gotten myself into? Perhaps she pondered how perilous a journey his life would be in the midst of a society that was not his friend but his enemy. Perhaps she pondered how long would it be before one day he would be profiled. And one day he would be pulled over by a centurion soldier made to carry that soldier's army. And she pondered what kind of temperament her son would have. Would he pop off at the mouth and get himself into more trouble? Or would he make it back home into one piece? She pondered. Pondered these things in her heart. Perhaps she pondered. Perhaps she pondered if he would have any friends or if he would be a socially awkward child since he was the holy son of God. I mean, how many friends come over to the birthday party of the holy son of God? She pondered. What would it mean to have the savior as your son? She pondered, how, how do you go about raising the redeemer of the world? How do you discipline divinity? How do you teach omnipotence? How do you correct the creator? How do you do what you said you would do and you still have lingering questions in your heart? And here's, here's just a couple of things I want to share with you. When you have lingering questions in life, Number one, you've got to get to the point where you learn to be all right with the silence. You know, there are a lot of people who just don't do well with silence. We feel silence with noise. We feel silent spaces with activity and do anything in order to keep things from being quiet and silent. But if you're going to live through life's lingering questions, you've got to learn how to live through deafening silence. What are you saying, preacher? The old, the old church used to sing this song, we will understand it better by and by. In other words, there are some things that you will not understand in the presence. You've got to just walk through it. You've got to suffer through it. You've got to live through it. You've got to live with it. And in so doing, you will understand it better and you will become to be all right with the silence. Think about it for a moment. Think about it for a moment. Mary, watch this. Mary had heard from the Lord through an angel. She would bring the Messiah into the world. But there is no other passage in the Bible where we see Mary hearing from God. There's no other text 
where we see God giving Mary inside revelation. No other record of any special conversations that Mary has given to help guide her through being the mother of Jesus. She just learned to live with a pondering heart. She learned to live with lingering questions and to even live with the silence of it all. And yet since in the silence, the father, hear me, God will sometimes remain silent. You don't believe that? Talk to Job. He'll tell you that even for those who are considered righteous, the Lord will get silent. And faith means being able to live through life silent moments, knowing that God has not left you. Living through the silence, believing that God is still with you. Living through the silence, knowing that you will understand it better by and by and every step will become clearer and every decision will become more definite. What you have to know is that you won't know everything up front. There will be some moments when the answer is not clear and that's why, that's why it's called a journey. What you say yes to doing with God is a journey. And God does not always tell you up front everything that you will discover over time. Some things you just have to discover along the way. Figure it out as you go and as you grow. It's okay to have some lingering questions. Think for a moment. The best of mothers did not start out being the best. They just figured some things out as they went along. They, they did some things with their first child that they did differently with their second child. Why? Because they learned. And in life, God does not expect us to come to it knowing everything up front. That's what faith is about. We walk by faith and not by sight into the unknown, believing that as we go, God will reveal it to us and we will understand it better by and by. So it's okay to have a pondering heart, a heart that questions, not with remorse or regret, but simply questions. What does it all mean? God, how am I going to get through this? I signed up for it and I, I willingly signed up for it, but Lord, how are you going to get me through all of this? Secondly, if you're going to live with lingering questions and a pondering heart, hear me, you've got to learn how to listen to seasoned saints. Later in the text, after Jesus is circumcised and after the days of purification, Mary and Joseph take their baby boy to the temple to present him to the Lord and to offer sacrifice. When they get there, you read it, it's in Luke's gospel, they come upon a man up in, uh, in the temple. The Bible says that this man uh, was a just and a devout man and he was filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit was upon him. His name is Simeon. God made a promise to Simeon that Simeon would not die before seeing the salvation of Israel. When Mary and Joseph got to the temple that day with the baby, the Bible says that Simeon took that baby out of their arms, blessed God and looked to heaven and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, the first thing I find interesting about this text is that it does not say that Simeon was a priest. 
It does not say that Simeon was a rabbi. It does not say that Simeon was even a Sunday school teacher. It just says that he was a just, devout man who had the Holy Spirit resting upon him. I don't know how you feel about it, but I thank God this morning that there are some folk in the church, some seasoned saints who don't hold any positions, don't have any titles, but they are just good, honest, decent folk who are filled with the Holy Ghost. They love the Lord and are filled with the Holy Spirit, been walking with them, talking with them, filled with them, and you need to learn learn how to listen to some seasoned saints, seasoned saints who can pull you aside and tell you what time it is, seasoned saints who can read your mail and tell you, I've been through that and I know the end of that story, seasoned saints who can tell you how to get through what you're going through because they've been through it and got the t-shirt, seasoned saints who can encourage you along the way, who can check you, challenge you, and charge you when you need to be seasoned saints who can build you up, let you know. At what you're going through, you will get through. That's the beauty of the church. It is made up with young and old, youth and seniors. And God gives to this body the zeal and the energy of youth and the wisdom of elders. Listen to this wisdom that Simeon departs now to Mary. He says to her, watch this, verse 33. Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's a seasoned saint talking to Mary and being honest. Watch this. Not only about the destiny of Jesus, but the desperation that will come as this mother watches her son suffer. He says, a sword will pierce through your own soul. That's a seasoned saint. Filled with the Holy Spirit who can tell you what you cannot see. If you're going to live with some of life's lingering questions and be able to deal with the pondered heart and questions that you may have in life, learn to be all right with the silence. Learn to listen to some seasoned saints. And in the end, learn how to walk with God. Learn how to keep your hand in God's hand. It's that space of saying, Lord, I don't know it all. I can't figure it out. If you don't say anything, I've, I've learned to be all right with the silence. If you give me a mother or a, a brother or a sister who, who can speak life into me, I thank God for those seasoned saints. But Lord, I thank you that through it all, I'm just able to hold your hand. And with that, we can say that when things come in life, we don't have to be dismayed. As the songwriter says, for whatever betides, God will take care of you. When you're holding God's hand, you don't have to have the answers to all the questions. When you're holding God's hands, you can say like the song, other songwriter said, there are some things I may not know. 
There are some places I cannot go, but I am sure of this one thing, that God is real, for I can feel him deep within. Beloved, I pray that as we end this year, 2020, and prepare to walk into a new one, and we would do so with the full faith and the full assurance. Come what may, life is worth the living. Even with unanswered questions. Because God will never leave us and never forsake us. If we learn anything this year, that much we know. Through it all, God will remain faithful. Whatever the questions are that you ponder, whatever the questions are that you live with, those lingering things that you have yet to find answers to, I, I pray that you simply release it, knowing that with God, all things are possible. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. And give you his peace. There is at least one question that you should not ponder any longer. That is, what must you do to be saved? The answer to that is absolutely clear. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. So listen, on this, this the last Sunday of 2020, why don't you end it having answered that question? If you aren't sure about your eternal destination, if you aren't sure about the condition of your soul and if all things are well between you and God, let's end this year with that business fixed. Don't go into 2021 pondering that in your heart. Let's go absolutely knowing that you and God are in sync. Pray this prayer with me if you're ready to do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I open my heart to you. I believe now that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on a cross for my sins. And by faith, I believe he rose again from the dead. And right now, I make him Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations, because salvation has been given unto you. And listen, in this season of Christmas, you need to know that that's a gift that once it's been given, it's never taken back. So welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to the church. I want you to call the number that's on your screen right now. There's someone who's waiting there 
to talk with you and to share with you and to pray with you and to give you next steps in how to live out this new life in Christ. They're anxiously waiting to talk to you. So call them right now. Brothers and sisters, I pray now that you go ahead and get your communion that uh, you received perhaps a week ago now. Uh, trust that you have had it stored for this moment, this moment where we celebrate the Lord's Supper for the last time of this year. So we pray that uh, we can do this all together as a church body, as a church community, uh, believing that as we do so, uh, that we commemorate the death our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who redeems the souls of mankind through the saving blood of our Savior. So if you've gotten your communion together now, and if, you've, if you don't have a cup, go ahead and get a cracker and get some juice from your pantry and refrigerator as we celebrate these, these symbols together. And he took bread, break it and blessed it said take eat this is my body which is broken for you likewise in the same manner he took the cup and blessed it saying this is the blood of the new testament which is shed for the remission of sin so often as we do this we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again, let us drink together. Beloved, my prayer for you is that as we end this year, we do so in the full hope and expectation that better days are coming. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule and abide with each of you now henceforth and forevermore. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.